0: Not a terrorist well, stick up for the First Amendment. The in America. I know what's right. Get out and vote. The First Amendment tight. Don't let nobody vote for you. The in America. With the Lafayette Square. Yeah. First Amendment. Because Trump don't care. November vote blue. America. Get the kids out of the cages. Get out and vote. And increase our wages. Come on now. The in America. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Neheron America. We have a guest here today that's one of my friends, a comedian. He just did the George Lopez special on Netflix. He's worked in this business since I can recall. I've worked with him. He's a hell of a guy, a true son of East L.A., and my friend, Momo Rodriguez. Momo, welcome to the show.
1: Well, you know, thank you, Ricky. the the beautiful thing about doing these podcasts is that it's given so much work to us ugly people that are not really good on front of the camera, but our voice can carry. Yeah. So I've done so many of these and I feel like, Finally people are listening to me and let's make sure they don't see my face for at least a year or two. It gives me enough leeway to win them over with who I am and disappoint them with what it looks
0: like. Yeah, it's it's kinda like the thing is, you know, you have a face for podcasts. I, I have a face for podcasting too, which I think is important. We have the voice. I hear what you're saying. I think it's not about your looks, it's about your heart, and you got a big heart. And that's mostly because of the cholesterol and the, the way you eat. But the point is, is this.
1: It's it's flaming right now with all this quarantine food, man. You don't know what it's like. Like, you know, all the Mexican people in my neighborhood, they don't have pets in their backyard no more, bro. We, we're done. We ate them. Oh, no. There's no chickens anywhere. It's getting really bad. That's how bad it is, that the Mexicans are eating their pets from the backyard. Oh. We need to do something, man. We need to get to work. And uh, I think doing podcasts gets us our mind off of things. It, it gets us focused on some issues. And, you know, one thing that I love doing about podcasts is that people do actually care about and, you know, can agree with some of the opinions that we have.
0: You just did the George Lopez special. Half. We'll do. We'll do it for half. We'll do it for Which
1: half. is called, we'll do it for half, because he made a joke on a post on Instagram where somebody said they were going to give $80 million for the head of Trump. I guess it was Pakistan, I think. And then George put on their, we'll do it for half. <laughs> jokingly, of course.
0: Yeah, it's like... And
1: he got a visit from the Secret Service, and they told him, you think this is funny? He's like, it wasn't, no, it's not funny, I mean... And it wasn't a 3rd or 3rd it was
0: an estimate. It's pretty funny. It's that you're going, we'll do it for, you're in front of Home Depot going, we need an assassination. Uh, I'll do it for half, I've done it before, no problem. <laughs> You know, it's it's just comedy. It's a joke. You're coming into the world that I haven't seen change that much, and I know you haven't seen change that much, and hopefully we're fighting for change. And we're fighting for change for everybody. I want to have a colored TV. You know, I want to see television in the same way I see life, which is every color there is. You came and you started working with George Lopez, which I think is great, and he's an amazing comic. What was it like working with him in the beginning?
1: Working with a guy that I consider an icon, and one of the reasons why I got into this business was really um, intimidating because everybody has that one moment when they tell you, okay, Okay, this is your make-or-break-or-break-of-time impress them. but with, really with George it was more like be real be honest mm-hmm. he let me uh, put myself in a position where I was vulnerable I was sincere acknowledge that and um, he, he got you drunk he got me drunk <laughs> he got me drunk <laughs> no, he, he speaks to me and I guess somebody told him years ago when he was on stage like you're great but I don't know anything about you and I guess that's why he's been so great at explaining to people on stage who he is and what he's about and that's what's so funny about him so He taught me how to really um, talk about myself. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of people in this industry, they teach you how to be other people. teach you how to be a different character, how to be an actor, how to to tap into a sense memory to be able to portray what somebody else went through. But I think with George, he taught me how to really tap into who I am and write about it.
2: Let me tell you, sweetie, for those of you who are not married, it's about to get real right now. Getting married now is more intense. Who has been married in here for more than 10 years? Raise up your hand, okay. How many years have you been married for? 14. 14, beautiful years. It was different 14 years ago. What color was the wedding? White. white. What was the color of your wedding in the back? Peach. peach, normal color, right? Peach. What color is peach? It's peach. Watch this, what color was your wedding? Beige. Is that the color of your wedding? What was, Green. you mean white. <laughs> I married my wife, we had it all planned out. She chose the color of the wedding. You know what the color was, bro? Eggplant. <laughs> no, 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 no. Watch this. Ladies, what color is eggplant? <laughs> then why not <laughs> say purple? You know how hard it was to tell my mom that only speaks Spanish that the color of the wedding is eggplants? I don't even know how to say that in Spanish. Nobody does. I was like, es planta de huevo,
0: Carl Reiner says, right about what you know. And what you know is yeah. yourself. That's who so you know. You've been put into a position. You've been, I mean, I've been to your house um, in East LA. and <laughs> <laughs> I remember that day. We remember the day.
1: And you I, that, Jay, you walk in, you, you just look at me, and you just say, "This would be a great set." A scout would be, yeah, uh, oh, have a glass here for yeah, a LA location.
0: Movie. Scout would look at this and go, "Oh my God, it's perfect." You had the Jesus looking at me and the 3D kind of thing on the wall. You had the sofas with the we plastic. Had
1: the, so we had the casso in the back the casito to make carnitas and tacos in. And yeah. like, what's that? I'm like, that's to make tacos. Like, that's a real taco maker, like a taco maker. <laughs> You <laughs> were yeah. just amazed at
0: that taco maker. I was amazed because I sat there and said if I wrote that people would say why are you writing this stereotypical East LA home it's ridiculous no one lives like this and I'm like they do this is what it was We have the cactus in the backyard but see some people see it as decoration
1: we see it as a necessity the cactus in the backyard is breakfast. you know we eat them Yeah. you know it's it, exactly you cut them up you know the the Jesus is for you know uh, security it's for bait yeah. you know the taco maker is guess what to make tacos. That's what we do. Yeah, we're we're, you know, it's not it's it's like going into a you know an, an Italian home and finding a a, a pasta strainer.
0: Yeah, or a picture yeah, of the Pope. Be it's not that these are stereotypes. This is just a way of living. If I sat there and went to a home in Nantucket and said, wow, they got a little lobster uh, cooker, it wouldn't surprise me.
1: Yeah, that's how we, that's how we grew up. And, and I and I guess when you actually pointed that out, when you brought that to my attention, to myself, I really am my people. Because a lot of Latinos get into this business saying they're Latino just for the work. Yeah, You know what I mean? We know a lot of fake Latinos. Or what do you, what do you call them, professional Latinos?
0: Professional Latinos, the ones that are concerned that about Latinos.
1: They they're like, yeah, I'm brown, I'm this, I'm that. They're down but then they're not really down for their people they're the ones that wants to get a a deal or, or some kind of a, a a development deal it just it, it the, the, the brownness disappears
0: yeah well the, they're also the first not to hire latinos that to me has always been amazing because exactly. i've experienced it where i was offered to be on a show of a comedian i'm not gonna say who it is but it's one of the guys you've worked with not george lopez and literally my agent calls me like an hour later and says, hey, they don't want you on the show. And I go, what are you talking about? The producers called me, so they want me to show. And I said, well, the star of the show says he wants to be the only Latino. I was actually surprised, because I confronted him backstage at a comedy event and said, hey, I heard this. because he I know what you, you heard. I go, yeah, and I think it's totally wrong, because I know you wouldn't do that. And he goes, no, I did that. I want to be the voice of Latinos on my show. <laughs> you should have the voice of many Latinos on the show. Let's think differently. Let's think we instead of me
1: funny though because the reality is man and, and I'll be blunt about it, a Latino thing to do is to not involve any other Latino. Yeah. I hate to say this and I hate to make this a stereotype, but Latinos will help each other out. That's part of that's part of who we are. So the Latino thing to do would be not to help another Latino. I mean, as harsh as that sounds, if people are like, no, Momo, you shouldn't say that. That's not right. I'm like, it's true. That's just competition. Latinos see stand-up and entertainment like a boxer does. Yeah. We're not going to help another boxer, you know? Uh, you mm-hmm. know, what would it be like if I helped somebody else and they got a show and I lost mine? Mm-hmm. I, would, I would hate myself That's because the... I have a family to look after. But look how so we... So I get that.
0: You get it, you know? but... I think we're also talking about a cultural evolution. We need to think differently. We need to go, my success is your success. Momo, if you got a show, I know I'd stand a good chance at least to be looked at as a writer for your show. And same here. That wouldn't be the problem. It's changing that thinking in ourselves. That's what we all have to do. How do you feel your comedy has evolved now?
1: I think the difference uh, uh, in my stand-up would have to be It's a journey now. It's not one bit, one-liners. Now, every premise is a journey. We talk about that journey. We talk about how I got to this journey. Mm -hmm. It's not me talking on stage about how I see things or things that happened to me. Now, it's teaching other people a different perspective that I grew up with. Again, I go back to what I know. It's easier just to write about that. That was the difference. I I just started writing more about, you know, me, uh, what I know. I stopped looking for stupid officers. I used to do this joke. I would say things like, my mom, you know, I, I wanted to write more material. So I asked her, do you remember when I was little? And she said, you were never little. And it it was just, you know, those little fat jokes that people would love and laugh. And and, then now the material's changed to to talk more about, you know, what's going on right now. You have a voice,
0: man. Yeah. on this show, in America, I really say, listen, I care about people that actually don't care about me. And that's what this is about. It's telling your story, being heard. And I love having you on the show. So thank you so much, Momo, for being on Neheron America today. It's been a lifelong dream to work with Rick Nahara. There's no border we won't cross to bring you the news. We bring you the news so you don't have to. Nehara in America, stay tuned. Something new is always happening. In America. Oh, start from top? Yeah. Okay. That's what that means, Rick. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs>
3: You think you know that by now, Rick?
0: <laughs> Welcome to Nehra in America. We have a very special guest today, uh, Nellie Galan, an amazing woman, and I consider a friend. Nellie, how are you?
3: It's so great to hear your voice. It's so great to talk to a friend. I mean, in these moments, we're all so lonely. It's just wonderful to hear a friendly voice.
0: Oh, well, you know, I, I feel the same way because I've noticed we have now all chosen to talk more to each other. Have you noticed that? I mean, yeah. people are really spending time. I think, I think time. we
3: took it for granted that, that, you know, that you had everybody and now you realize you really, you know, bad things happen in the world and, and they change your life. And, you know, I know that better than anybody, Rick, because you know, I came to this country at five years of age from communist Cuba. You know, my mother called me today and she said, it's so horrible. And I go, mom, get over you know, Latino, very, very dramatic. I go, mom, these things have happened millions of times in the history of the world. This is not the end of the world. Relax. You know, pandemics have happened in your childhood. And that's why for me, you know, as you know, I've spent the last few years really focused on helping women of color become entrepreneurs, be self-made. That's the book I wrote, Self-Made. Because I think self-made means more than just being an entrepreneur. I think it means... But in your lifetime, you have to DIY yourself over and over again to make it to the end of your life. And that resiliency is what we all have to learn.
0: We are the architects of our own destiny. That puts responsibility on us where we go, what's stopping me? This is what this pandemic's done. It makes you go, wait a minute, what is stopping me? To really reconnect with your life and your loved ones, it puts it in perspective that our love for each other is everything.
3: It's all there is. Love is all there is. Really. Yeah.
0: And you're helping women and, right now. But we them.
3: forget. But we forget. Yeah. To me, what I've learned in this pandemic is I've been doing six webinars a week teaching women how to go get the PPP loan and how to go get the idle loan and come to this country. So many of us, we don't we're not part of the system and we don't understand that the reason we're here is that we actually have a government that has money. In the SBA during a disaster and that if we don't take advantage of that, then all the rich people are getting the money and we're sitting home instead of using this moment to build our businesses and take our businesses to the next level.
0: It's not surviving, it's thriving. And that's That's what you're talking about. You're saying that when we feel out of control, we get depressed. That's the reality.
3: And when we feel like we're in survival, it doesn't feel good. And I think there's no reason for all of us, and especially all of us that are multicultural in this country, that are the number one customers in this country, to not feel part of the country and not take advantage of that purchase power that we have that allows us to be helped out in this moment. Instead of feeling like, oh my God, what's going to happen? Instead of feeling dread, we can feel like, what are we going to invest in to take us to the next level? Because in bad economies is when people get rich. I mean look, you know that I was the first Latina president of Telemundo and then I had my own company and I produced a lot of shows and then I went back to school in midlife and I got a doctorate in psychology and I wrote my dissertation on the psychology of money in multicultural families and for women. And so I've really I realized that my greatest mission since I have been Very entrepreneurial, and I'm very good with money and math. And I've been blessed that I've worked for seven billionaires. And so by osmosis, I learned a lot because I didn't learn it from my family or from school. And so I've really devoted myself to building this online platform called Becoming Self-Made in English. And for the Latinas in Spanish, it's the Adelante Movement. Mm -hmm. And we interview women that have gone from nothing, that have gone through every obstacle and have become self-made. And then we do an online teaching platform where we teach women how to start businesses, how to buy real estate, how to bring money and abundance and wealth and legacy building wealth to their families.
0: You know, we need we need an abuela. You know, mija, come here. Sit down. I need to. you got a first That's
3: date. Nice. Well, I'll be the abuela. Come yeah, into it. Come yeah, into it.
0: Sit them down and go, listen, I know this date's very special to you, but I need you to invest in property and then give a whole lecture on in property because that's not the lecture that most abuelas give to a young mm-hmm. girl going That's out. true. And I have two young girls, so I love your books because I read them. I want them to think that way.
3: They have to. You have, we to. have to teach our kids properly. That's why you know, all this pressure that we're feeling in the country, we're in the middle of going through Black Lives Matter. And, you know, there is racism and there is classism and all that in this country. But the way we get through it is we have to take the bull by the horns and really become financially literate to understand that, you know, when you're the number one customer, you have all the power. So we have to take it.
0: Yeah, we have to. And we have to also know that the one group that is really starting the most businesses in America right now is Latina females. That's right. Latina women.
3: Right. That's why I'm, why do you think I'm doing what I'm doing? You're, because I'm, I know that. You know, we have to encourage those women because so many of them have become heads of households and we need them to really thrive.
0: We have to look at the power within the Latino culture. Here's looking at kids. Some of them, their parents don't speak English. They're mm-hmm. negotiating for their parents on leases and things like that. That, to me, sounds like a future CEO of yeah. any company. Yeah, so you're right. What our contribution is, we're a younger culture. Right now, Latinos live 80.9 years on the average. That's more than any other group. And the reason they believe is because our family structure is so strong. We don't feel we're going to be left alone. We have a family. That's why it's so destructive with this immigration policy of separating families. It's the worst thing you can do to a Latino. And that's what they're doing to punish us. We have to say we're not uninvited guests to the wedding of America. This is our rightful place. We have to keep saying it.
3: You know what? Around the corner from the worst things that have happened to me have been the greatest transformations of me. And so when you're younger and bad things happen to you, you don't believe that. But life is a puzzle that reveals itself slowly. Yes. And over time, you know that when bad things happen, they don't feel good when they happen. But afterwards, you realize that had to happen for you to get to the next level. You do. And for kids, it's hard because we've been giving them everything. And in a way, I, I hate to say it, but I'm so glad in part that they're having to go through this so they can get some empathy, you know, bad things happen to good people all the time. All the time. And you have to know that in life so that you can deal with it. And also, you ha- not only do you have to be compassionate, but you have to be resourceful. That when things change, you have to go with it.
0: So what you're doing, I, I just applaud in so many ways. It's Thank brilliant. You.
3: Well, my book is out, Self-Made, and in fact, it's in paperback. Yeah. So it's called Self-Made. And the next one, I had to move it to early next year because of the pandemic, but mm-hmm. it'll come out early next year. And it's Don't Buy Shoes, Buy Buildings. And it's really all about investing to become self-made.
0: Now, have you got any pushback from Jimmy Choo or any of the other, <laughs> other groups? You know
3: what? I tell everybody, once you buy the buildings, you can buy Jimmy Choo after. How, how's that? Yeah, you know, a good... I, I like Jimmy Choo, too. But again, it goes back to what are our priorities in life? And a lot of times, people of color, as you know, in order to feel accepted, we have to show that we have money. That doesn't serve us because everybody else gets the last laugh because we're spending all the money and everybody else is building wealth. We deserve to build wealth and generational wealth so that all of our children— Look at me. I went back to school at 45, and I was able to pay for my school and get a doctorate. And I couldn't have done that when I was younger, and my parents were broke, and I had to help them. Like, so many minority kids don't ever go to school because they have to help their parents.
0: No, it's true. I'm back in school. I've been back in school for the last six years. In six weeks, I believe I graduated. If I can finish algebra— then I, could, I, I love that. I'll have my BA and then I have only 1 year to get my MFA from ACT so within a year I should have an MFA that's I love, that. Going I love back. that. I
3: think more people should do that. And I, going to school later in life is really great. I
0: read it in your book in life, and I said, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be a little Nelly right now, and I'm gonna go on over and go back to school. And I did, and I'm so proud I did. And
3: I'm so proud of you.
0: I know my friends, I know my family, I know who
3: I am. That's mm-hmm. the
0: most important thing you have to know because when the winds of change and all these things happen, it's it's your opinion of yourself that matters. Integrity and character isn't something you are naturally given, it's something you build and earn. When something is set up about you or something he's lied about. I always say I never worry about the truth. I always worry about the lies. We have to overcome. We have to know our own value, which you're saying to women, know your value. You have to invest in others and invest in property to build a life that is more about you and living. You live life to the fullest.
3: I think the big thing for me that I've learned -hmm. is, and it's, it's human nature for all of us, we all have to get out of our ego. Like yeah. the bottom line is, is, it's what you said. It is the journey. And that's true. Yeah, because we we're- You have to we're, find that inner inner thing that tells you who you really are and you have to know
0: it. You have to know who you are and we're constantly being pushed especially Latinos and people of color.
3: I've built an entire platform, Becoming Self-Made, which is all free. I have interviews with incredible entrepreneurs that have started from nothing and made it. And we also have incredible webinars that teach you step-by-step how to do it. Because for me, more important than anything is that you don't feel like you hear somebody inspire you and then they don't tell you how they did it. My book is everywhere on Amazon, Self-Made. And uh, for my Latinas out there, there is the Adelante movement that has all stories of Latinos Mm-hmm. that will inspire you that we really have incredible people in our community.
0: Well, you're a great leader in our community and I love how you're teaching women to lead and I think women should lead. So thank you so much, Nellie, for coming on oh the show. Oh my God, my
3: pleasure. I loved hearing from you and I have more to
0: come. More to come. Thank you. That's Nellie Galan on Neheron America. Thanks, we'll be back. We bring you the news so you don't have to. Naharin America, stay tuned. Something new is always happening. And now a public news service announcement from Naharan America. At Naharan America, we believe in science. Please wear that mask for your safety and the safety of others. Wearing a mask says, hey, I believe in science. And COVID is real. And wearing a mask makes you look cool. You're the masked man or the masked woman. You're a person of mystery. You seem cooler with that mask. Or you could be the guy in the COVID ward on the ventilator, gasping for air not looking really cool at all. You notice no one visits him, no dates, nothing cool about him at all. You're just the lonely guy in the COVID room that didn't wear a mask. At Nahara in America, we care about our audience. We care about you. We even care about the people that disagree with us. You're listening to Nahara in America. Welcome to Nahara in America. I'm back with Hector Rodriguez, one of the top cartoonists in the nation. Would you say that's correct, Hector? Oh, wow, that's, uh,
4: that's a hefty title there, you know, but uh, I'll take it, I'll take it. <laughs> take it,
0: take it, take the title. So tell me, you've got, a, you've got a, a a cartoon called El Peso Hero.
4: Right, yeah, El Peso Hero is a, uh, a Latino, uh, Norteño, superhero on the border, fighting against injustices and
0: Wait, let me translate for the, for the white viewers who are listening. Norteño <laughs> means north, Latino means either Latinx, Hispanic, Mexican, but we can't choose our names, we're, we're, we keep... It yeah, it's kind of given
4: to us, you yeah. know. So I mean, we have a plethora of choices that are given to us in the census.
0: So I just want to point out that you said the word "plethora," and in my hood, I would have got beat up for that. You said it. So you're—I mean, this this cartoon character is a superhero. He's the first Mexican American superhero, correct?
4: Yeah. No, definitely. You know, it is a. I've been doing it as a Puzzle hero in the comic book series for the past, close to 10 years next year. So we'll be doing one decade. We'll be celebrating our anniversary next wow. year, you know, excited for that. And so, it, you know, it's a universal story, you know, it, you know, it just because it just deals with a lot of like the social issues of immigration and then, you know, the cross border violence, you know, and it, it has a very human story that has touched. I mean, it's been on the news a lot in the well, past you grew,
0: you grew up in the border. I did, too. I grew up in San Diego, which is 15 miles from Mexico. Yeah. My, my, Yeah, my you know, homeland. that border world. It's kind of funny because I would meet this character as a Buford Gomez who was a right-wing border patrol agent. I'm with the border patrol. Allow me to introduce myself. My name is uh, Buford Gomez. <laughs> Buford Gomez is a border patrol. Uh, sir, you're a border patrol officer? Yep, yep, yep
2: and aren't you a little far from the border? No,
0: East L.A. is really close. <laughs> the border's a lot more different than it used to be, Tony. So right now there's a lot of fallacies about Latinos and we wanna clear that up. Oh yeah, like, like what, officer? Well, first of all, not every single Latino is Mexican. <laughs> I'm glad you noticed. Different kind of Mexicans. There's Puerto Rican Mexicans, Nicaraguan Mexicans, Dominican Mexicans. That's what I grew up with, those kind of guys always on the border, uh, dealing with, you know, a, I would look at them and go, you look more Mexican me, and you're stopping me. I mean, it doesn't really all make right, sense yeah. here. <laughs> yeah. And it's all ch- and Immigration is changing. I mean, even now, Donald yeah. Trump's changing the, the immigration questions. It's more like name all three of my wives in order of marriage or how many women have accused him of sexual assault or what were the ratings on apprentice season two?
4: But you know what? Uh you know, with the Plus a Hero, there's always been, you know, it, there's, there's always been, the border has always changed, you know, from the hundreds of years, you know, there's history. And so it'll continue to change. And so, you know, it's our job as artists to, you know, it's, in, in my case, you know, reflecting and showing and sharing those border stories.
0: I I always think of certain times in our lives where we're reminded of who we are. I mean, for me, I was a kid, I told my mom I was gonna play with the Mexican kids down the street, but she said you are Mexican so you can stay home and play with yourself. (laughs) And that's a Ah. real story. I really did ask her that I was going to play with Mexican kids down the street and the Mexican kid who lived down the street lived on an actual chicken ranch and I thought he was Mexican I was like man this guy's really Mexican they had a chicken walk through their front room went back to the refrigerator got a beer pulled it out put on some Vicente Fernandez and just uh, did a grito it was the most amazing thing I ever saw so that's far more Mexican than I was cut back on the sound effects Bo cut back on the sound effects I want this to be a dignified show Bo no taco truck come on so to me, they were the Mexicans. Yeah. I was the huero kid living up the street. And yep. as you know, huero just means tall, good looking Mexican man. But <laughs> uh, not my people call me that. You know, you grew up on the border. What was your border experience like?
4: Well, you know, I I didn't realize, you know, because you live in your world, you, you you have that, you know, especially in the southwest where the biggest cities two hours away which would be San Antonio. And then, you know, I, I was lucky enough that, yeah, I kind of consume entertainment from Mexico. And so I was – I grew up with, like, you know, Cantinflas, Capolina, you know, the Mexican cinema, cinema a lot yeah. of rich history. And then, you know, I would, you know, race on American Comics and Mad Magazine, you know, and all that good stuff. But it wasn't until we actually moved to Central Texas where I became – I was, like, the only Latino Hispanic kid. In and Central that's Texas? And where it really hit me who – the difference. Even though I was, you know, you know, it was Guarito too, like light-skinned, but my last name was Rodriguez,
0: Hector Rodriguez, right? You always gotta, you gotta, you get. it should have been Hank Rogers. You would have changed Hank your name Roger. to Hank Rogers. <laughs> you probably would have had ne- never had a problem. So you'd be like, right, yeah? I, I wow. am Hank Rogers. That's who I am, Hank Rogers. Uh, leave him alone. He ain't a Mexican. That's Hank Rogers. Y'all know him. He's the one who's got the mariachi band. Uh good sense of humor in the Border Patrol. Uh, oh,
2: yeah. um, why don't you tell us a little bit, if you can,
0: about the kind of humor oh, that goes on sure, every day at sure. the Border all right, Patrol. All right, all, right, all right, you guys want to hear a Border Patrol joke? Yeah. All right, all right, here's one. Knock, knock. Who's there? On. On what? On the floor the border patrol! <laughs> I'll put a baton on your <laughs> up. Oh, come on, Tony. Get... Tony, oh my God, don't worry. You scared me there a little you're, you're bit. You're Cuban, it's okay, yeah. it's okay. <laughs> i just felt mexican all of a sudden yeah whoa I, I did that joke at king taco the whole kitchen cleared out <laughs> i had to make a taco all by myself in the back it was depressing you know you know good so old hank there he goes look at hank he's a good old boy he's a he's a good hank's a good one he's a good one i like him yeah, yeah. he's one of the good ones he's one of the good ones or, or, i used to get that you know the people would look at me and go Rick, you're one of the good ones. So, so you grew up in that border. You went from Central Texas being the only... Yeah, and then school,
4: like, well, in my class, you know? And, and then, you know, a lot of, you know, and I, I grew up, you know, my... I I was in the Cub Scouts, Boy Scouts, and they had a big sale. Uh, my mom, okay, uh, you know, uh, Mexican pastry. So my mom made empanadas de calabaza, you know, parmelada, oh. um, all that good, good stuff. All you the know? good stuff. I, and I'm there in the big sale. Everybody else had, had brownies and cookies.
0: Yeah, you are bringing impen- it's like, uh, hey, here's a bowl of menudo from my mother for our pastry bake sale. It's just cow stomach, okay? Menudo, it's Mexican cow stomach, but it's delicious. You have to trust me on this one.
4: <laughs> Yeah, I mean, this was early 90s, you know, I was born in 82, early 90s, but now it's completely different. You know, we're about, Texas is about to be a majority, minority state, majority Latinos, but without all the political clout and power and all that, but that's how it goes.
0: But we still got our bodies there. That's the main thing.
4: Yeah, yeah. So now, okay. as COVID gets us, but, yeah, yeah. Now, how's, how bad it, How
0: bad is COVID hitting the Latinos in Texas? It's,
4: it's bad. Yeah, it's a majority,
0: majority. Uh, yeah. it it's hitting the uh, Hispanics and
4: African Americans pretty bad. Well, you know, those essential workers,
0: you know, front line. So yeah. now, what's your next cartoon you're working on?
4: Well, right now, you know, we're finishing uh, uh, the possibly this story arc, and it's going in the next story arc. It's going to be three books. It's going to be called uh, El Pasajero Sicario War. It is in conclusion after 10 years. It really plays like a soap opera with the twists and turns and the hooks. I mean, that's what gets people... reading. And it's mm-hmm. it's a great book. I'm not just saying because I write it. No, no but pages, you should be but proud no, of it. Words. It actually is a good story. I'm, I'm like really digging it and I'm
0: excited. Good artists, and I know you're one of them, they feel like they've been given a gift. They heard a voice or they heard a song that no one else saw. So it's not that we ever put an ownership on our own material. And so I understand that. It is from a better, higher place of creativity that, that flows through you. My, my friend who is a wire hook to God, which basically I'm saying about your artistic ability. <laughs> so, and uh, you're working on actually a project of mine, Buford Gomez. We are. I started, I created the character years ago. He was a redneck character that I grew up with on the border. Anyone here with a last name ending with a vowel or a Z? Yeah. A- anyone here
1: with a, with a name with an ah in it? all?
0: trip to Disneyland. I got a white van behind the theater. Just come on, by. Naharan America. We regurgitate the news and feed it back to you. Bring you America before it's over.